0: And today we're going to take a step into talking about the subject, uh, spiritual gifts. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to two different passages of Scripture. Uh, The first one is in 1 Corinthians, which is a letter that a man named Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote to a church in the ancient city of Corinth, and then also to the Gospel of John uh, chapter 20, and we'll turn there in a moment. But first, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning in verse 24, the Apostle Paul says, but if all prophesy... And an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in. He's convinced by all. He's convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. What a picture. Really quickly in John chapter 20, uh, beginning in verse 26. Uh, It says this, that after eight days, his, that is Jesus' disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in their midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me You have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I want to speak to us today uh, from the subject. He's really in the room. Maybe you're taking some notes. You want to write that down. He's really in the room. Now, my aim uh, with this seven week series on the Holy Spirit has really been very simple. It is that you would deeply desire friendship with the Holy Spirit and continuously be filled with him. And the reason I'm taking seven weeks to create that hunger in you uh, is because oftentimes the hindrance to us desiring the Holy Spirit or focusing on the Holy Spirit is either misinformation or just no information. And these create beliefs in us, which almost rob us of the permission that we need in order to seek Him. And I know that if I can help you believe correctly about the Holy Spirit, then we can take hold of that permission and pursue the friendship that we are meant to have with the Holy Spirit. Friendship with the Holy Spirit is just as important as friendship with Jesus and friendship with the Father. And by now being five weeks into this series, my hope is that at least this one thing is abundantly clear to you, that the Holy Spirit is God really with us. His presence is not metaphorical. It's not representative in any way. The Holy Spirit is God with us really and truly. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then that is true all of the time because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. So he goes wherever you go. Now he can be grieved by us and he can be quenched by us. And we'll talk about both of those things beginning next week, but he cannot be absent from us. Jesus said in Matthew 28 and verse 20 in the great commission that uh, behold, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. He's talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. He said in John chapter 14, verses 17 and 18, during the last supper about the Holy Spirit, that he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, both of these promises declare the same thing, that the Holy Spirit does not leave us. He is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I'm hoping that you know this so deeply by now at this point in the series, because now I want to lead us into the realm of understanding the presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst when we get together. Now, I understand that that's not our reality right now. And in some ways, I almost feel a little bit funny talking about this subject, but I actually think it's all the more reason to understand what's available to us uh, when we get together so that we do not lose our appetite for that experience. And By the grace of God, that experience will be back right on time, according to God's timing. Now, the reason that I wanna talk about the Holy Spirit in our midst when we get together is because it's so connected to the subject of what the scriptures call spiritual gifts or gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is ultimately where we're gonna land this message today. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit in our midst when we gather. Now, I just wanna say that in emphasizing this, I'm not detracting from the presence of the Holy Spirit with you when you're alone, this is not about contrasting alone versus together. This is simply about pointing out that the presence of the Holy Spirit is with us when we gather, not necessarily in a greater way, but due to the nature of community's purpose in building one another up in a unique way. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 4, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, along with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that when a church gets together, the power of the Lord Jesus is in their midst. That is a phenomenal picture. And we need to understand that because oftentimes we limit our thinking about the Holy Spirit to being the presence of the peace of Jesus or the comfort of Jesus. And he absolutely brings those things with him. But when we get together, the Holy Spirit is the presence of the power of of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power to heal and the power to deliver, the power to save, the power to impart divine wisdom and knowledge and and revelation and spiritual gifts, which we're going to talk more about in a moment. They are for the purpose of creating and increasing the awareness that Jesus is really in the room. But before we get to that, let's just consider for a moment what Jesus says to one of his disciples in John chapter 20. This Story gives me so much inspiration for what's possible when we get together. The background to the story is that on the day of his resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples when they were all together in hiding from the religious leaders and from the Roman officials. And Jesus appeared in their midst and they were all there, except verse 24 says that Thomas, one of the 12 disciples, was absent. Well, of course, the disciples, they told Thomas later, hey, we've seen Jesus in his resurrected Form And Thomas said, I don't believe it and I won't believe it until I see him with my own eyes and I touch the evidence of his wounds. Well, sure enough, eight days later, the disciples are all back together, this time Thomas included. And it tells us in the account that we read that Jesus appeared in their midst again. And it's so obvious that at this moment, Thomas is the focus of Jesus. Thomas is the reason Jesus showed back up and he gives Thomas what he needs in order to believe. He gives him the evidence that he needs so that Thomas would believe that Jesus was indeed risen from the dead. And I just love this so much about our God. I think the story just speaks so loudly and clearly about the heart of God that he, he actually comes alongside of us to help us in our belief. He doesn't leave us stranded trying to believe by our own willpower. No, he gives us what we need so that we can believe in him because life, it comes from believing in his name, abundant life, eternal life. It comes by believing in him. So Jesus helps us deeply in our belief. Do you think that that's less true now that he's not here in bodily form? I would say to you that it's even more true That Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, does incredible things so that people would believe in him. Uh, This is why Mark, in Mark chapter 16 and verse 20, he concludes his gospel saying this, the disciples went and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Signs, wonders, power, power. Miracles that come through the Holy Spirit, they were for the purpose of confirming the word, that is, confirming the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is humanity's redeemer. The Holy Spirit worked through those first disciples so that people would have an encounter with the living God and without seeing, would believe. And this brings us back to what Jesus said to Thomas after Thomas had believed in him. In John chapter 20 and verse 29 Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who having not seen have believed. Now, it's not as much a rebuke to Thomas as much as it is a promise to us that blessed are those who believe without having seen Jesus in his physical, visible form. Now, let's break down that statement a little bit. Without seeing, we believe. Believe what? That Jesus is risen from the dead, that he is eternally alive And present, and in believing without seeing, Jesus says we're blessed. It's a unique blessing that comes from believing in him without having seen him. And that blessing is directly connected to our encounter with him, our experience of him. Jesus isn't telling Thomas, hey, people who believe in me without seeing me are more saved than you. It's not that Thomas was being robbed of his salvation. Jesus was describing an encounter that people would have with him when they believed in him without seeing Him. The Holy Spirit is the unseen form of Christ. And when we believe in Him, it's a unique blessing of presence and power that we get to experience. No wonder Jesus said it's better for me to go and the Holy Spirit to come. Because when we encounter the Holy Spirit, it's it's belief beyond sight that brings a unique blessing of presence and power. This is why Charles Spurgeon, the famous English preacher of the 1800s, uh, he once said this in a sermon entitled Jesus in Our Midst, that I do not think there is any privilege which the actual bodily presence of Christ could bestow, which we may not obtain at this moment by the actual spiritual presence of Christ if we do but exercise faith in Him as being in the midst of us. In other words, there's no blessing that we cannot receive by His Spirit that we could have received by his hand. And the spiritual impartation of the blessing of God is is uniquely wonderful because obviously the Holy Spirit being the unseen form of Christ, we never know to expect when he reaches out to touch us and do something wonderful in our hearts. Our minds can't begin to calculate what's coming before the Holy Spirit bestows the spiritual blessing of grace uh, upon us. And that That makes it uniquely wonderful to encounter God through His Spirit by faith instead of encountering Him merely by sight. And in this way, the encounter of His presence is always unexpected and often overwhelming in the most beautiful sense. And is that not the picture that Paul describes in that passage we read in 1 Corinthians 14 in verses 24 and 25 when he says, if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, the secrets of his heart are revealed and falling down on his face, he worships God and reports that God is really among you. What an amazing picture that due to the presence of the Holy Spirit, who is the source of all spiritual gifts, including prophecy, which Paul is talking about there, due to the presence of the Holy Spirit, that even unbelievers would come in and fall on their face and worship God and declare that God is really in the room. No wonder Jesus said, blessed are those who believe without seeing. It's a blessing that comes when we believe through encounters by faith instead of encounters by sight. And I'm going to land this in just a moment about, you know, how spiritual gifts, they connect to Uh, this experience. But before I do that, I just want you to know that Jesus wants you to receive the blessing of his comfort and his peace and his power that comes through believing without seeing. And that is exactly why we have been given gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's to reveal that Jesus is really in the room. It's so that people would have an encounter with him. And just like the person Paul describes there, that they would confess, wow, God is really here, that they would come to faith in Christ. You see, the purpose of spiritual gifts is to make the unseen seen. The gist of it is this, is that God's power often reveals God's love. And we are to eagerly desire these spiritual gifts because as a result of them, the body of Christ is strengthened. The body of Christ is added to. People come to faith. Earlier this week, I was speaking to Uh, Pastor Michael Maiden, who's going to be with us on May 31st, and he's such a phenomenal person, a wonderful prophet, great gift of prophecy that he has, and he's going to be preaching at church online during the day of May 31st, and then we're going to have a night of prophecy over Zoom, and he's going to be joining us for that and prophesying over many of you. It's going to be such a wonderful uh, day and night together, and he said this to me when we were talking on the phone that there is an undeniable connection between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the harvest that is in God's heart. At the end of the day, the reality is this, that God's harvest of humanity is a supernatural thing that can only be brought about in supernatural ways. Sometimes we don't detect the supernatural nature of what the Holy Spirit is doing in a room when we get together, even what the Holy Spirit is doing even right now in your house as He's working on your heart. But make no mistake about it, it is undeniably supernatural, the work that He does on the inside of us. Many times that supernatural work it manifests itself in beautiful ways such as prophecy or healing or whatever the gift of the Holy Spirit in that moment might be. But all of it is for the purpose of building up the body of Christ and bringing people to the place where they would say, wow, God is really here. And we are to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit not for ourselves, not to make us look good or more spiritual or anything like that. We are desire to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that people would be confessing that same thing, God's really in the room, that they themselves would fall down on their face. You won't find a single record in all the Bible where somebody encountered the presence of God without them being deeply, deeply moved to their knees, on their face, in their hearts. It's the same way today that as people encounter the presence of God, Jesus in our midst when we get together, they themselves would be deeply moved and give their lives Over to him.